0: This is a Suno India production, and you are listening to Casping for Club. I contacted Ranjita Juirkar last December. I was working on the series related to long COVID and had joined India's Long COVID Survivors Telegram group. She was vocal in the group. She's a communications trainer from Bangalore and works with individuals and organizations. So anyway, when I contacted her, she was hesitant. And after a few days, she told me she didn't mind talking. She told me what her hesitation was.
1: When you reached out to me and said, would you talk to us? I said, oh, but I didn't have it that bad. <laughs> um, so when we talk about long COVID, I think a lot of the focus is on how COVID affects physical health or emotional health to a drastic way. But I think there are also these ways in which our lives are impacted that sometimes we just don't acknowledge that can sometimes be hard to see as an after-COVID effect, simply because there's not a lot of talk about it. Uh, and also because, you know, when you go to the doctor, they're going to say, can you get yourself tested? Can you do your blood levels? Uh, especially for me, it was that I didn't have um, – You know, a lot of people talk about irregular heartbeat, they talk about breathlessness, all of that. I didn't have any of these. I had um, brain fog and I had exhaustion. Yeah, like it's easy to say I haven't had it so bad just because, you know, you're seeing that people have more intense issues, more uh, things that are more severe. It sounds rather simple, doesn't it?
0: I'm exhausted. I feel confused. Hi, I'm Enika Rao, reporting for this episode of Gasping for Breath. The second season of Gasping for Breath is about long COVID. In this episode, I would like to talk about how long COVID affects your work life. Work is tied not just to one's capacity to earn and make a living,
1: but also self-worth. I knew to expect fatigue. I was told to expect fatigue. But I don't think I was prepared for the extent of fatigue that I actually experienced. It's very hard to understand it if you haven't experienced it. And along with the fatigue, I also started noticing that... I was having trouble focusing. I was having trouble concentrating. So because I do workshops, I, I remember actually going into a couple of workshops that I'd committed to do during that time, writing down every single thing I wanted to say because it was just, sometimes it would be like I'd be speaking some, I'd be saying something and I'd lose my train of thought. I'd, I'd sort of want to address maybe 10 points in a call I'd be in and I'd remember maybe six be confused about the other four. You know, there was something else that I wanted to say. And I've heard from other people who've been a part of, you know, who kind of worked with me that that was really a period where they experienced me as not being as clear as I usually am. And I think I could feel that in my thinking as well. My thinking felt quite sluggish. Um, My thinking didn't feel as clear. It's like, yeah, I know this and I should be able to say this much clearer. I, I usually am able to say this much clearer. But somehow the words aren't coming I'm, I'm finding it, uh, you know, it's harder to find the words to express, to articulate myself with the clarity that I usually do. Because I'm independent, I think I took a conscious choice to step away, take a break and not do anything for like a month, a month and a half, because I just didn't have the bandwidth to do that. And of course, I was in a position where I could dictate this. And also the collaborations that I've had, and this is where I think my experience is quite different from other people, is where people were really understanding of this. There would just be days when I I didn't have the energy. I'd just feel tired, I'd feel exhausted, and I'd have nothing to explain for it. So it, it there wasn't a simple cause and effect that I could notice. Like It's not like, okay, I exerted myself today, and therefore I'm feeling extra tired today. It wasn't anything like that. It would just hit me out of the blue. And that unpredictability, I think, was something that I found very hard to navigate because when you know that, um, you know, I remember saying to a friend that if I if only I knew that I have only 60 percent of my capacity, I could plan my days according to that. But not knowing when I'll have the energy and when I won't was much harder in some ways, because how do you plan your work, your life, your chores and everything else around this not knowing?
0: I want to start with Ranjita's story because this is a story of many others. Often, long COVID can affect you in ways that may not seem so debilitating on the outside. The earlier episodes have stories of, you know, long COVID which has been dire for them, such as Padma Priya, Girish, Shaurya, Chinmay, and we'll talk about them later too. But I felt Ranjita's experience also needed to be spoken of a little bit because I also went through something similar. I did not have intense fatigue but had brain fog where i had difficulty concentrating i consider 2021 a lost year of sorts because i only remember wading through many documents on my laptop without understanding what to do with it i fortunately had very i fortunately had very supportive employers lucky like ranjita but i do remember feeling guilty and questioning myself again and again that's why what ranjita said sounded very familiar to me
1: and there's no test that can tell you about this there's, uh all the doctor might be able to do at this point is to say, can you get your blood levels done? Can you get your hormones checked? And if that seems fine, we'll put you on my, uh, vitamins and pace yourself that, you know, the generic kind of stuff. And I think that also possibly plays a role because then it's easy to question ourselves in the absence of a term to describe this or in the absence of a test that shows that this exists. It's easy to start wondering if is it really exhaustion or am I just, you know, yeah, am I just using this as an excuse to chill for a little while? Uh, so in that sense, it, you know, that questioning of the self, I've, I've done some of that also. Am I, you know, is this really what COVID is like or am I just being lazy? Needless to say, this kind of
0: ailment has had many consequences to people's lives. Students suffering from long COVID have had to delay giving competitive exams, for instance. Imagine what this kind of illness would do to a housewife or a stay at home mother. In the first episode, we spoke to Alaknanda, who felt inadequate for not being able to run a house. As I said earlier, work is tied to our self esteem and people lose a lot when they are unable to work. Padmapriya started India's Long Covid Survivors Group. She is also the founder of Suno India. She suffers from dysautonomia, a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. People living with dysautonomia have trouble regulating their systems that can lead to dizziness, fainting, abnormal heart rates, etc. In Padma Priya's case, she has high heart rate, fainting spells and also severe brain fog and fatigue. She says she has not been able to work as much as she would like to.
2: For me, it's been uh, very, very difficult to uh, not be able to work, you know, and sit on the sidelines and it's it's really frustrating for me because um you know i mean i sit for 30 minutes or 40 minutes and the migraine hits it's it's slightly better now you know i mean i can push it till 1 1 hour and uh, then i need to lie down and do things so um but yeah it's been very frustrating to not be able to do some things um i'm not anymore the fastest when it comes to putting thoughts down on on uh, you know on paper which which was never a problem before um it takes it takes longer for me to think and write um, because the brain fog hits me. Um, so, yeah, work has been uh, challenging, has become difficult. And uh, I don't know if I, and I don't think I can multitask like I did before. It's only one task per day that I do. And that's it. You know, it's one task a day and, uh, and that's it for me. Um, and it's even doing that one task feels like a great achievement.
0: I would like to reiterate here that Padma Priya's work involves a lot of reading, researching and writing. You want to also explain like brain fog because I feel that people understand, you know, not being able to stand, they understand physical things better than brain fog. I think, you know, it's still not explained as well as it should be. Like walking through, um, like literally walking through
2: a a cloud of i mean thick fog and not being able to see anything in front of you for even a meter but still trying to keep walking and uh, trying to use all of your senses to make sure you're not hitting uh, not being hit by something or not hitting into something hitting into a tree and for that you basically use a lot of your energy a lot of all your senses but at the end of the day you cannot see anything forward you are you are almost frozen in that in that in that time and place for that moment um, so for me that's how brain fog hits when it hits i'm i am uh, doing everything possible to say read five pages but i am stuck in that in the first page and i am putting all my energy into moving forward but i simply cannot i feel i just feel frozen and almost paralyzed uh, cognitively um, in that space or if I'm I'll probably write one para and after that I cannot write because I'm just not able to think beyond it so um, it's, it's like the and like there are no thoughts in your brain like you become completely blank it's taken a toll and I've been diagnosed with depression with anxiety and uh, last year I was in the ICU for eight days and after I ended up having uh, been, I got diagnosed with PTSD um, I still have flashbacks from the ICO because I saw a lot of people die in front of me and it was just god-awful. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, I think for me, the mental health toll has been that I think there is some amount of loss of confidence, which is just about coming back now, thoda thoda for me. Um, but there was this complete dip in my own confidence levels.
0: As of the release of this episode, she has reached a point where she is gearing up to take her first long-haul flight to speak at a media conference in New York. She says she is not confident to do it alone and will be accompanied by her partner. While the fainting spells have reduced, they are still in the background along with severe fatigue and post-exertional malaise.
2: I have that privilege of like having to take that time off for myself because I have, I run my own company, but. I know it's not the same for so many people in the group. You know, I mean, they all have day day jobs, and um, you know, not all employers get it. Not everybody understands it. Um, you know, maximum. I, I, even I mean, I would think that if I was in a nine to five job, I probably would have lost my job by now or quit it by now. And this is what's happening across the world. Like people with long COVID are losing their jobs. You know, whether it's gig workers, whether it's nine to those holding like nine to five jobs. Uh, very few organizations are actually understanding, okay, there is something else happening beyond COVID and uh, we need to be flexible, we need to give time off and, you know, letting people take the time off, even if it's unpaid time off.
0: We discussed in the previous episode that long COVID can be characterized as a disability. Last year, the Americans with Disabilities Act recognized long COVID as a disability and released a guidance document for it. This document states that long COVID is a disability if it substantially limits one or more major life activities. And because it is considered a disability, businesses, governments will have to make changes to the way they operate and accommodate a person's long COVID limitations. And these are called reasonable accommodations in disability movement parlance. This is Amba Salilkar. A lawyer working on disability rights and implementation of the Convention of Rights of Persons with Disability.
1: The Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities has a very inclusive understanding of disability in that it takes, uh, you know, it takes the approach that the disability is not the impairment itself. So whether it is, uh, you know, you might have Down syndrome or you might have schizophrenia or you might have, you might be blind. That itself is not the disability, but what is disabling are the barriers that exist in society that prevent you from enjoying everything on an equal basis with others.
0: The Advisory, Conciliation and Arbitration Services, ACAS, is a publicly funded independent body in UK, which works with employers and employees to improve workplace relationships. On handling long COVID, its website says that if an employer feels that the employee is not able to do their work or is taking a lot of time off, they should see if they can do anything to help. It also could involve giving an option of different working hours or a phased return to work. This is called reasonable accommodations where the employers make changes in the way they accommodate the employee's needs. In India, though, we may be far from this understanding in relation to long COVID. I spoke to Shouria, who was also featured in the earlier episodes over a period of time. He was working as a high-ranking human resource personnel. He left his old job and found a new one early this year.
3: So I was moving out of that job. Uh, Because, you know, I've been doing that job for four, four and a half years. A very good opportunity came in with another organization. Uh, And of course, uh, you are always, I mean, you you can call me stupid or optimistic, whatever you feel like. But I thought, fine, I have three months, hopefully I'll get better. Because you keep on hoping that you'll get better, right? You never think that I'm going to be like this forever. Shori
0: is referring to long COVID here. He had COVID last June, that is June 2021, and has been suffering palpitations, dizziness and chronic fatigue. In Shaurya's case, there has been a slow escalation of symptoms, starting with fatigue to increase heart rate. We had spoken the end of 2021 last time, and since then, he says his condition has deteriorated. Despite all this, he was optimistic about taking up a new job.
3: So, I took that uh, role up, and I took that offer, I think, in March or February, I think, February or March, and I was supposed to join in June. So, I thought there is a good three-month period, and hopefully, you know, a lot of people are completely recovering also by one year period and all. Should be fine. So um, I took this role, but unfortunately, my symptoms increased uh, uh, in May, May, as i telling you, mid-April and May. So I actually went to, and this job was in Bangalore. So I went to meet these guys. This was a fairly senior role that I was getting into. I was getting into broadly a head of HR for a unit for them. So I went to meet the CHRO and I showed him what my condition is. So, I went to this person asking him, can you give me seven weeks work from home? And my role is absolutely work from home possible. I have been doing it for work from home for the entire pandemic. It's an HR role, right? You don't need to go and uh, sell product. And at the leadership level, you would have a team who would execute it. So, you don't need to. So, this person was fairly unempathetic. Mm, You know, he started negotiating, why don't one week, two weeks, in spite of explaining the entire situation. And... um, then they created a condition which was not possible. They said, You come to Bangalore, uh, you operate for uh, seven days, you go back, then for three weeks to go to Calcutta office, which was uh, uh, almost 45 kilometers one way from my home, which is two and a half hours of traffic in Calcutta traffic, one way. It doesn't, and none of my clients sit in Calcutta office. So they said, You do it for three weeks, then you come back. So I said, I have just asked for seven weeks. If this is the kind of, you know, Um, bargaining you are doing for a leadership role, then this is not right. And then finally they said, no, then, you know, we are not okay with it. So I had to kind of let go. I have already left my previous job. So basically right now I'm broadly jobless from being a very, very senior HR guy to an absolutely jobless guy. I think this is not just my story. A lot of people are either facing it or are going to face it because employers still don't understand the implications of long COVID, at least in India. I have been working with uh, uh, big brands, right? Even in these companies, I don't want to name the companies. People check if somebody is coming for an interview, the person says that, hey, I am pregnant, they say, hey, I don't this offer this. Openly, Openly, everybody wants to hire diversity. There would be 30 diversity conferences a year, every talking how important, you know, diversity is to the scheme of things.
0: In the US, estimates show that over 2 million workers would be out of work due to long COVID. The Bank of England earlier estimated that UK's workforce shrunk by 1.3%, possibly due to side effects of illnesses in the pandemic, such as long COVID. In June, a tribunal in UK recognised long COVID as a disability. This case was filed by a man suffering from long COVID who was sacked from his job and wanted permission to sue his employer. In India, though, we are far from even having an understanding of long COVID in the mainstream, let alone the recognition of rights.